So, praise God, eh? All these good things happening. Okay, well, I want you to open your Bible. I want you to look at me in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. I'll just cut the, per, uh, the message in half and do uh, half tonight. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. I want to just speak on life with purpose. Life with purpose. And uh, just uh, read from Isaiah uh, 9, verse 7. It says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. How many know that Jesus was a revolutionary? When he came to earth, he came with a purpose and a cause. He lived his life totally focused. The Bible says very clearly he came to seek and save that which was lost. He had a mission. He had something to accomplish, something to do that would count and go on for eternity. The thing that you and I need to understand is we also are created with a purpose. God has a purpose for every one of us. Life without purpose is absolutely empty. No matter how many things you get around you, if you, have, if you can't link what you have and the way you live your life to an eternal purpose, there will be a shallowness and an emptiness. And what happens is we're always dissatisfied. An extraordinary thing you see with these young kids in Africa, they have so little yet they're so happy. You think, I'd almost give anything for that happiness. Is we don't realize that more and more things we have, usually the less happy we get because we start to trust in them. So what do you see in the scripture here? It says, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. The Bible makes it very clear in this verse that God says something about his government. He's talking, the word government means his rule, his influence, his dominion, his empire. It tells us, in other words, where God's word and will are being done. And notice what it says, of the increase of it, there's no end or no limit or no boundary. I don't know whether you've thought about this, but for all eternity, God's interests and God's kingdom is going to keep growing and extending and extending and extending and extending. It says, it's not it's just his kingdom has got no end. It says, the increase of it, there's no end of it. In other words, in God's thinking... Everything that he's got his hand on, it just grows and expands and enlarges. So when you get born again into the kingdom of God, and you begin to start to align yourself with the king and his kingdom, God's expecting that you will continue to grow, enlarge in your personal life and in your impact. There is no limit that God places on this. You and I can limit God, but God has no limits. And he, I want, I want you to see this, of the increase of his government, no end. God wants the church to continue to grow and expand and expand and expand and expand. The church is called to advance the kingdom of God, to advance his will, to advance healing, deliverance, salvation in various kind of ways. God wants his influence to increase. So whatever we're at now, God wants it to increase. Wherever you're at right now, God wants increase in your life. Wherever you are positioned in your personal life, God wants increase in growth. Of the increase, no stopping, no limit, no limits with God, no limits with God. But you and I can put a limit and say no, no further. One thing, as I'll share in the AGM, I believe God's speaking to me about at the moment, is just concerning the coming year of breaking out of areas where there's limitations around our life in about three different areas. I'll share a little bit of that as we go towards the end of the year and into next year. So notice this, there's no stop to God's kingdom advancing. There's no stop to God's word changing life. There's no stop in limitation advance. The only thing that can stop God's work through your life increasing is you. Young people, the only thing that's stopping other young people being added to the Lord is you. Older people, the only reason more old people aren't being saved is you. There's no limit with God. 
And he says his heart, his plan, is that everything he's got his hand on will increase. He's got his hand on you, right? He's looking for you to increase. Everything he puts his hand on, he wants to increase. We're going to learn how to position ourselves and make the decisions and give ourselves to something that has eternal value. It concerns me deeply. So many people coming to Borks Bay to retire. Retire? What are you going to do with your life? You're called to live life, not to settle down. The moment you settle down, you stop advancing. And we're all called to advance. I want to show you a scripture. This is the only other one I'm going to go to. We're going to look in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and then 2 for a couple of verses. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Spirit of God, so see, the Spirit of God is given for a purpose. Now, over the last few weeks, we've had ministry in the church. People's lives have been touched. People's hearts have been touched. We've got an encounter week, a great encounter weekend coming up. It's going to be a great time of encounter God. But you've got to understand, all of it is for a purpose. Everything God does is purposeful. When he saved you, he had a purpose for your life. And it wasn't just that you sit there saved and then waste the rest of your life. It's that we invest our life. We invest our life. Are you wasting or are you investing? Are you wasting your life or are you investing your life? Are you investing your life in something that will count for eternity or are you wasting your life in things that are taking your precious life away from you? I'm really feeling a great sense of challenge right now. In the next uh, two or three weeks, I'll be taking some time just to be alone with the Lord with joy to talk uh, just about the things that we need to focus on that our life might be invested more strategically and with greater results. Let me, let me just put this to you. If you wanted help and encouragement to grow, here's one of the key things that you would have to consider. Will you overflow and invest in someone else as a result of someone investing in you? If someone invests in you, and puts a lot of teaching, a lot of effort, a lot of help to get you to grow, and you never overflow and invest in another, this is a dead investment. Think about that. God calls us to be productive. God calls every one of us to be productive. He's not interested in us living in comfort. He never called us to comfort. Listen to this. When you consider the Christian life, the Christian life is not about comfort. It's not about security. It's not about being free of all your fears. God actually desires to position you where you will face fear and have to overcome it by believing and leaning on him. Look at the men of faith in the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11. You've got a whole list of them. I love the list. You know, Samson and Jephthah, all those things. It tells of all these men who prevail. And then there's others who just gave their life for the cause of Christ. And you know what? It doesn't name any of them. And it doesn't name them because there's so many of them. There's absolutely so many. When we go around and into different places, we hear of people who have given their lives for the cause of Christ. Friends, a great challenge for us in the West to rise up and begin to live with a cause, to live with a passion, passion that will touch our area, touch our community. We've heard about touching nations. Over the last couple of years, we're focused for about a year and a half to two years on just working on the building area. We're drawing all of that into a close. Just got a few more things we need to do, but that's not the focus of where we are. About a year and a half ago, we began to focus on our missions overseas, began to work and start to generate uh, finance to be able to go into Uganda and go into Cambodia. And those things now starting to go. They'll just continue to grow. Now we need to be focusing on the area right under our feet, right under our nose, right around us. I want you to have a look at this verse here. Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I love the buzz of the Holy Ghost. I just love the Holy Ghost. I can't understand church. It doesn't have the Holy Ghost in it. 
I just don't understand that. I wouldn't even know why he'd want to be there. It'd be too boring. I love the life of God. love the life of the Holy Ghost. But listen, he says you receive power. Now, when the power of God comes around us, it's so that we might do something and be something. Number one, he says, I want you to be a witness unto me. So the power of the Holy Ghost is given that your life and my life might actually carry and represent Christ. That we would actually, in the way we run our life, be so different, it actually starts to impact people. But if we live our lives no different to the people around us, how do we represent Christ in that? Jesus was radical. Everywhere he went, there was conflict. Now, I'm not saying you go generating conflict, but when you live godly, you'll have conflict. The moment you stand up and start to live a life that actually counts for God, I'm not talking about being religious, not talking about nutty witness, anything like that, I'm talking about this kind of thing, talking about living godly. The moment you choose to live godly in the power of the Holy Ghost, there's people around you going to get stirred up. They will react because you are a challenge to status quo. And the church is not called to keep status quo. It's always called challenge what is and bring into being something that is not there yet. We're called to advance the cause of Christ. Jesus is interested in our community. And he wants us to carry that. I want you to see it here. It tells us, you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. That's our area region here, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, we're doing the uttermost parts of the earth. Now we've got to focus locally. We've got to begin to start to find ways we can break out. I want to show you something. This is where I'm going to finish. I'll get on to some more tonight. Look at me in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Verse 15, and the Holy Ghost has come. People have encountered God, had a great experience with the Holy Ghost. And Peter stands up because it started to attract attention. When did your faith in Christ last attract attention? When did it last cause anyone to wonder what's going on? Eh? And they were attracting attention because they were so joyful, so happy, so full of the life of God. There was something about them that was really different. I love that. Something about them that was really different. So it says, and notice what he said. He stand up and then he said, verse 16, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and handmaid, I'll pour out of, my, of those in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, and smoke. And he talks about various signs. And he said, notice this, verse 21, And it shall come to pass, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to show you quickly several things in that passage. Number one, God promises to pour out his Holy Ghost. And in the New Testament, as we look, he didn't just pour the Spirit out once. He kept pouring it out as they prayed for more. So one of the reasons we need to be man and woman of prayer is because we need more of the life of God and a greater boldness. When they stood up and began to be persecuted because their faith was so strong and their witness so strong, they prayed. Now get this. Now this is not the church of today that do this kind of stuff. They were being persecuted because there were miracles happening around them. There was an opposition. They were threatened. And you know what they did? They said, Lord, give us more of the thing that caused the trouble. I like that. That's attitude, isn't it? Lord, give us more of the miracles. Give us more of your anointing. Let's stir it all up. Let's break the status quo. So it was said later on when the apostles came into the city, ah, these are the men that turned the whole world upside down. There was an impact 
on those around them. They were bold and they were unashamed of their faith in Jesus Christ and the reality of His kingdom and the need for people to respond to Jesus Christ. And you and I have got to get that boldness around our life in a greater measure. Amen? Tell someone around you, you need to get more boldness. More boldness. More boldness. More boldness. Let me, I'll just say it real simple. Life doesn't work without Jesus Christ. No matter how good it looks on the outside, it doesn't work without Jesus. It was never designed to work without Jesus. There's always something missing in it. Bible says, you know, all of sin have fallen short of God's very best. So sin keeps us in a place where we don't have God's best. When we link to God and get to his purpose, then we start to find things. So number one, you notice, God promises continued outpouring of his Holy Spirit. What do you see number two? The second thing in there. Notice there are three generations to get the Holy Ghost. Three generations. It talks about the young men and the, uh, it talks about the, the, on your sons and daughters. That's one generation. The young men, that's another generation. The old men, that's another generation. In case you didn't think women were included, it says on my servants and handmaidens. So God makes it very clear that whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a young person, whether you're an adult, whether you're an older person, God wants to put his spirit on you. He wants to anoint you. Now, notice what he says he, he's going to cause his anointing to do. So, three generations. I want you to see absolutely clearly, in case you've got any doubt about this, God intends within the church three generations. Children, parents, grandparents, all are engaged in the work of God. And I, you know, today I want, I'd love us to just give a clap just to Joy and the team because at that age, going forth to do that, they are exactly representing what the Bible says. Exactly representing what the Bible says. So that leaves two other generations to arise. They are a challenge and an inspiration. I, I feel Elaine is an inspiration for maintaining over all of these years in the face of adversity, passion for Jesus Christ and for his cause and to disciple people and evangelize and reach them. We've got to let that thing begin to come up into us. This is what God has called us to do. Notice three generations. So there's a part for everyone to take place. But if there's no investment in the next generation, the church ends in one generation. So if you wonder why we push and work to try and get the kids and the young kids, it's not because we want to neglect older people. It's because without them, we have no future, no legacy. We have to invest in the next generation. We have to see the next generation coming up. It's got a hold of God and is actually carrying the message that you and I have got. But if you haven't got a message burning in you, you haven't got anything to leave behind. What a terrible way to get to the end of your life and you've got nothing to leave behind. Just to part into eternity and there's nothing left. That's a tragedy. That's a life without purpose. One of the things that every one of us should feel a challenge in our heart to do is when we get to the end of our life, we can look back and see people whose lives were changed and impacted by what we personally invested in them. You see, you can have all the money, you can have all the things, but friend, they do not satisfy the heart of a man. There's something of eternity in every person. We have to have something more substantial than what you can see and touch. And he's called Jesus Christ. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called living a life with purpose and mission. Without it, we're empty. 
I've seen people with all the wealth of the world, more than you and I could ever imagine them having, and they're just empty shells. Do not buy into this illusion that if you have the things, you've got life. Jesus said clearly, life is not found in things. It's found in a relationship and a commitment to a cause. Now, you can love Jesus, but friend, true love for Jesus is reflected by engagement in what he's engaged in. And he's engaged in building his church and extending his kingdom. If you and I are going to live a life on purpose, two things that need to be at the back and our heart and everything we do is how can I represent Jesus? How can I extend his kingdom? How can I build his church as people? And you know something? We can say we love God passionately and express it, but God makes it clear it's got to outwork with people in front of us. See, the person in front of you enables you or gives you an opportunity to give reality to what we say we believe. See? The people in front of us give us an opportunity to demonstrate the reality of what we believe. See, a lot of people like the idea of the supernatural. They like the idea of it. Sounds good. But there's a cost. There's something you've got to do for it to happen around your life. People like the idea of people being saved. But there's a price to it. There's something you've got to do for it to happen. And everyone knows people don't get saved easily. You've got to pray. You've got to work at it. We've got to believe God for it. We have to begin to lift the atmosphere of faith in our church for salvations. We need to begin to lift the church so salvations increase. So the church has got a mindset that we are here to have a difference in the lives of people. So over the next months or so, we'll be working to move the church with one mind that we will look to winning people. Every one of us, individually, corporately, start to begin to think and have a mindset. It's not impossible for people to be saved. I know that because you got saved. And I got saved. Hey, it, ain't, it ain't impossible. If anything was impossible, I was wrapped up in religion, bound up in the Catholic Church, absolutely locked up, and I got out. So, miracles still happen. Miracles still happen. People still get saved. Still get saved when Jesus is exalted, eh? I want you to see something else here. He says here, you notice what they do. He says, they'll prophesy. They'll have visions. They'll have dreams. Now that sort of sounds, oh, well, who wants to do that? You know, be away dreamy and vision. Listen, the prophetic spirit is a revelation of Jesus. See, the testimony or the revelation of what Jesus is like, who he is, is the spirit of prophecy. What he's saying is this. He's saying, I'm going to open the supernatural realm. See, when he says you'll prophesy, you're going to begin to speak the mind of God. You're going to begin to speak creatively. I was, we were in Taiwan. A, a businessman asked me to come into his business. He said, see this whole room here full of all this good. He said, would you pray over it? So we prayed and prophesied over it, and the whole lot went in two days. He was astonished, sent me a text. So I said, would you like me to do it again? He said, yes. So we did it again. Same thing happened. Two days. Woof. All went. See, the prophetic spirit. And see, he understands the power of Jesus to do things, to shift things. Hey, it's amazing what the Lord can do. So the Spirit, when it's talking about the whole prophetic realm, it's talking not just about you having wonderful dreams, wonderful visions. I've done all this and that. It's about bringing heaven into the earth to help people, to, to, show, to sit and talk to people, and you can bring something to their life that comes out of the heart of God. You have vision. You start to see things. Almost all the significant miracles I had overseas this time, I saw them, and then I did them. 
So when I had a vision of something, I then just followed what I saw, and Jesus got a crippled man out of a wheelchair. And I didn't have to do too much. I just saw it and then did what I saw. So when it says of getting visions, it's getting to see what God wants to do. That's how Jesus lived his life. What I see the Father do, that's the prophetic spirit. That's what I do. Now, trouble is we get busy doing stuff without bringing God into it, and then it becomes frustrating because you can't get results. We do too many things. We do sometimes the wrong things. Sometimes we're involved in dead things. In order to change, you've got to get connected to God. That's what the season of connecting with God is. Refocus, begin to think, what will I do with the next few years of my life? What am I going to do with next year? How can I change? See, So the spirit of prophecy is there to bring people to Christ. Notice that the spirit of prophecy is reserved for people who will serve. I'll pour it out on my servants and handmaidens. So those who will say yes to Jesus Christ, I want to make my life count for you, those are the ones who are going to get it. Don't think he's going to pour it out just on you if you're half-baked. You've got to actually get fire and passion. We want that fire and passion burning in our life. We want to be able to say, man, God's been talking to me. Oh, God's been talking to me. I had one young man. I've been working with him every time I went over. He's my interpreter. First time I had him there in one of the meetings, he shut down on me. Afterwards, I had to talk to him. He said, now you listen here. I need you. You know, I can't, they can't understand me. And listen, you're the mouthpiece. So I said, you've got to carry the same spirits. If I jump, you'll jump. If I shout, you shout. If I wave my arms, wave your arms. I want you to do exactly what I do the way I do it. And what's happening is demons are rising up and shutting it out. Just do it. And he did it. You know, within two, three visits over there now, he's actually moving in the spirit, carrying the same anointing in his meetings. See, see, so things can be imparted, but you've got to actually make, there's a challenge involved in this whole deal. Okay, now what do you see here the, uh, in verse 21? It should come to pass, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He connects people being saved with the outpouring of a prophetic anointing. You got that? See, most people think prophetic anointing is saying a prophecy in a small group, bring a little word over someone. No, the prophetic anointing is to touch the hearts of people and bring them to get saved, get touched by Jesus. Man, that's what it's for, is to get people saved, to get them into the kingdom of God. It's to get them so that they come to understand their desperate need for a God. And you know, it's nothing amazing when you get a word of knowledge, how it opens up people's hearts. It just opens their hearts. There's a woman, Jesus had a word of knowledge in John chapter 4. You know what happened? He just had one word of knowledge. Listen, you've had five husbands and you live in the shacked up with a guy. Whoa. Then she goes and said, he told me everything about my life. No, he didn't just said one thing that had such huge impact. She felt like God saw everything. When you get a word of knowledge, when you get something from God that's prophetic or has insight to people, it just opens up their whole life, just breaks open in front of you. So many times I'll use prophecy to break open meetings overseas and then begin to move in the flow of words of knowledge. We start to see all kinds of things happening. And I noticed that where every time that we started to flow that way, God started to just come on people and we had tremendous miracles. It was wonderful. Hundreds of people saved. See, notice the outpouring of this is to make Christ known advance his kingdom. Now, advancing his kingdom is not some waffly thing. It's actually really good. Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's very simple. It's knowing what the word of God says and doing it and doing it and doing it. So if you're a young person, one of the things you need almost more than anything is to get to know the word of God and start to do it. It will change your life. You see, don't get carried with the crowd with the experience experiences come and go. Anyone who's had teenagers know between 15 and 17, you have many experiences all in the one day. Many emotions all in the one day. 
But the one thing you need is to become stable and grounded in your own relationship of knowing Christ and his word. You start to do what he says, your life will change. Everything around you will change. Don't argue with it, just do it. You just have to do what God says. Just do what the word of God says and it will produce results for you. To, to, to actually advance the kingdom of God is to do what Jesus said to do. And that means every one of us is called prophetically to touch the lives of people around us to win them for Christ. That doesn't matter whether young or old. God calls us to do what he says. And the only way you know you're a disciple of Jesus is not because you come to Bay City or in the church. It's because you're listening and doing what he says to do. And so we really feel, I really felt God just really speak a tremendous challenge that at this time we've got to begin to start to allow ourselves to take seriously what Jesus said. He will pour his spirit out that, in order that, we can advance his kingdom and make him known. Father, we just thank you today for your anointing and your presence in here. We thank you. Every week we can come and feel the presence of God. We thank you for that presence is that we might be refreshed and carry Christ to the community. Father, I just pray for your presence to increase in our midst. I pray, Lord, as every person comes in those doors, they will be touched by the presence of God because there's people here passionate and alive and in love with Jesus Christ and living a life to please Him. Father, I pray that there would come a stirring within the whole of Bay City to begin to start to win the souls, to feel the heart of Christ. Father, I pray that, Lord, you'd rattle everyone who's comfortable. Rattle everyone who's comfortable. Rattle everyone who's comfortable. Lord, rattle everyone who's comfortable. Shake our comfort zone. Shake our comfort zone. For you haven't called us to live in comfort. You've called us to live for a cause. You haven't called us to live in comfort. You've called us to live with compassion. You haven't called us to live in comfort. You've called to live a, caused us to live a committed life. Lord, I pray for a fresh fire to flow out of this church into the community. Just while our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, perhaps there's someone here, you've never made the first step of knowing Jesus Christ. Friend, you've been missing out all your life. You haven't got an anchor in your soul to eternity. You're a lost person. But friend, today is your chance to change. Today you can receive Jesus Christ. Jesus said to everyone who received him, to everyone, everyone who received him, made him welcome in their life to every person who committed their life to him and trusted him with their life. He gave power to become a child of God. Friend, in just a moment with one decision, a whole change can take place in your life. The kingdom of God comes alive. The spirit of God comes into your heart. You begin to connect with the eternal God who loves you and sent a son to die on the cross for you. Friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to know him. You need him. There's something missing in your life. No matter what you've got around you, there's something missing. His name is Jesus Christ. Without him, you don't have life. You're just trying hard to find it. And you're always empty. Always coming up empty, always needing more. And we need Jesus Christ. The reason you come up empty is because you're separated from God. The Bible says sin separates us. The wages of sin is death. We, we run our life without God. It brings death to us destruction in our relationships and this is your chance today to change all of that the bible tells us the free gift of god is life in jesus christ but it takes a choice this is what i want you to do in a moment if you're here today you don't know jesus christ and you say i want to become a christian today today's my day i want you to quickly raise your hand let me know immediately right now i want to give my life to jesus is there any person here right here today say i want to give my life to jesus christ 
Just raise. God bless, dear. Anyone else? Is there anyone else here? See the hand over there. Anyone else? Anyone else here? You're here and you don't know Jesus. Why don't you make this decision right now? I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to give my life to Christ. Perhaps there's a number of people here today and are just sitting here as I've been speaking. You realize, man, I'm not living with any kind of purpose in my life. I'm just doing my own thing. Now, that actually takes you out of everything that God has intended you for. Some of you, God's called you to get in the community, to run functions, to do things that will reach people. You know them. They're all around you. They're empty. They're dead. Start to pray. Ask God to give you a vision, a heart. Come up with an idea to reach them. I believe God's speaking to many today that you need to actually start to make a decision. I'm going to start to pray that God will give me some kind of insights, give me some kind of ideas. I'm going to be committed to reaching people for Jesus Christ. I want to begin to start my life to overflow with sense of purpose. If that's you, why don't you quickly raise your hand right now. Just put your hand up. God bless. See those hands there. Father, I just thank you right now. This want to do. Those people that put their hands up, in a moment, you're going to all stand up. I want you just to come up. I want to pray over your life that God will bless you and there'll be enlargement for you. We do that now. Why don't we just all stand together? Let's give a lot of great clap. Those who put their hands up, I just want to pray for you right now. You put your hand up, why don't you just come right now? Didn't put your hand up. Think about it. There's a girl down the back wanted to give her life to Jesus. Why don't you come up, dear? I'd love to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for each one that's uh, come here right now. Where's the girl? There she is. Let's give her a great clap. Come on. Great clap. Praise the Lord. Come on. Fantastic. And take your moment. Good on you. Hey, great stuff. Good on you. What's your name, dear? Raymond. That's an awesome name. Uh, and there's another one here. What's your name, dear? Shannon. That's a great name, too. Praise the Lord. That's fantastic. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to pray a simple prayer right now. I want you to all follow me in this prayer. Prayer is just simply talking to God. And when we pray the sinner's prayer, God hears us and he does something to change us. Let's just all follow me in this prayer right now. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, today I turn away from sin. A life without you. And I turn to you, the living God. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me. Make me clean inside. Give me a fresh start. And I believe you've done it now. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I give you my life today. And I thank you, Jesus. You're my friend for life. Amen. Father, I just pray for Raywan and Shan. I pray right now, Lord, you would touch them. Father, just bless them. Release your anointing and presence into their life. Touch them with your love. Father, you know the struggle she's had. You know, Lord, the challenges that she personally faces. Today, Lord, I pray that your love would touch her life and her heart. You'd release your blessing upon her. Connect her with friends. Connect her with people can help her to grow, to find and discover what you've called her to do with her life. Father, I just thank you for so many here that have responded to you. Why don't we give the church, why don't we give the church, let's give them a clap, just ones that have responded. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. Someone with you is going to share with you some things. Church, just stretch your hands out for these ones here. Father, I just pray for your power to come. Father, everyone.
No, this is the hands have multiplied, you know. Thank you, Jesus. Father, just pray for everyone here that put their hand up that said, I want fire to come through. I want to be connected to your purpose and cause. Father, I just pray for your power to come right now. I need a couple of catches. God will just start to come on people right now. Father, as they've made a decision to reconnect with your purpose, let your power come on them right now. Father, let an evangelistic fire, an evangelistic spirit, power right now. Fire, fire of God come right now. Father, Father, Father. Prophetic anointing, fire. Fire of God, Father. Fire, let the fire come. Fire of God come on his life right now. Thank you, Lord, Father. Fire of God. Thank you, Lord. Let the fire and the power of God come. Father, just revive me. Me. You got such a lovely spirit. You'll never be happy if you have winning people to Jesus. I know God's been dealing with your heart. Now's your time to stand up. You've lost ground, you've lost time. But God can help you recover and redeem all that time. It's a new beginning, a new start for you. I see fire coming around you, joy coming around you. I see you starting to begin to stand up in the evangelistic mantle you had on your life, coming over your life again. I see God bringing it over you today. People coming into your home, people coming around you. God drawing and attracting. That's what you've been missing. You've been missing Him. You'd be missing him. Remember the days when people would just come and they'd open their hearts and you'd pray with them. Do you remember? Keep remembering. God's about to bring it all on you again. Ooh, Holy Ghost, touch it right now. Thank you. Power of God, come around. Touch it. Holy Ghost. Fire of God. Father, touch it. Fire, come. Evangelistic fire. Fire, touch his life right now. Fire of God. Fire of God. Amen. 89, but you ain't finished yet. My God, I'd love to see you get to 100, you know. I don't want to let you go. Father, <laughs> touch his body, strengthen his body, and Lord, let him win souls. How about that, Bill? Those tickets to heaven, and they've been given out there, and people being saved in Uganda. Just a simple thing, such a simple thing. Father, fire on his life right now. Fire